From Ben Franklin Studios in Queen Creek, Arizona, it's the Radio 201 Podcast. One of the premises of democracy is that the majority rules, but 40 is not the majority out of 500. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio 201. This is the podcast from the computer lab of Benjamin Franklin High School, hence the name. It's room number 201. My name is Angelo Fernando and I have a guest today. We're going to talk about a bit of a contentious topic. My guest is our math teacher, Steve Niemeyer. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. I love to talk about this, not because it's election season. Well, we had our primaries uh, this last week. Seems like we're always in election season. (laughs) But the reason we're talking about it is not only because of the political side of elections, but because of Mr. Niemeyer brought up this interesting topic at opening ceremony the other day about how unless you participate, you can't complain or you don't have a right to complain. It means voting, but I guess it means your participation in society. Yes, absolutely. We were talking about uh, the trait of the month is uh, humanitas on being, you know, participating in civilization and having a civil country, which we see less and less at this time. There is a lot of contention around elections and polar opposites on the political spectrum. And there is a lot of complaining and a lot of debate, but the when you see the actual numbers, who actually goes and votes, it's not very encouraging to see the small turnout. It seems like it's easier to get people to have their say on Twitter or on Instagram than uh, have their say in the voting booth, right? Absolutely. It's just quick. I'll post. Yeah. Uh, but to take the time to actually be informed and vote uh, seems to be a, um, a challenge for a lot of people. You know, you said something about civilization means being civil. I think we forget the fact that the word civil is embedded in civilization. So the, your point was about math, right? So you're bringing in that math Correct. component. Yes. So please yes. Uh, explain. Sure. I, um, we were talking to the kids about the importance of participating, and I kind of looked at the voter turnout in Maricopa County and scaled it down to our junior high population of 500 kids. And, and even smaller, you went into the junior high population in the gym that day. Yes, in the gym. We, so I, I took the uh, overall population in Maricopa County, which is 4.5 million, and then those that are over 18 who are of age to register to vote, which is 3.5 million. Of those 3.5 million, 2.5 million are actually registered to vote. And out of that 2.5 million, we had about 725,000 people vote uh, in the primaries. And so when we talked about that uh, with the high school kids, uh, we I had everybody stand up, and then we said, okay, so you this section, you sit down, you're not old enough to vote. This section, sit down, you're not registered to vote. And as we got towards the end, uh, at 725,000, more or less, that voted, these are a little bit rounded off, uh, you only need 51% to win. So if I take that 725, and divide that by two, it's 360,000 votes, 362,000 votes, uh, and I win, which turns out to be only 10% of the registered voters. If I could get 10% of the registered voters to vote a certain way, I win. So for the high, for the junior high kids, we scaled it down to, it turned out to be 
just just about 40, over four, just a few over 40, 45 kids could vote and dictate how all 500 of them. So imagine if they were to make a decision, if it chose 40 people on the bleachers saying, today you're going to decide on the dress code, <laughs> right? Can you imagine what's going to happen? Oh, absolutely. It's it's definitely. I know that the you know one of the premise of premises of democracy is that the majority rules, but forty is not the majority out of five hundred. So, what does this? What should a student ideally take out of this? That should they give up and think that my say doesn't count? Yeah, I was in, hopefully encouraging the kids to realize that their vote does count, and not only their own vote, but try to um, promote. Um, active participation in the government and in civilization and not just look at a situation as hopeless or I, I can't make a difference, I'm only one person. Uh, the whole purpose of our topic of the month is trying to um, promote civility, to pro promote you know, good citizenship, being humane. And so with that, I think helping kids to realize that the small minority uh, dictate, and if we could then participate more and encourage others to participate. I know at this point they're too young, but they're, they won't be for long. Oh, it's another way of saying that you're never too small or insignificant to make a difference. Correct. Right? Because if you start thinking that way, and if everybody starts thinking that way, then you're stuck with no one's making a change or no one's daring to raise their voice. Yes, we were, you know, I, was, I addressed the kids about that the next day saying that, look, maybe, you know, you consider your sphere of influence as a 13-year-old, it may be very limited, but you should try to exercise that and use that sphere of influence for good. And as you age and as you increase in, in responsibility and influence you expand that circle so but it's a skill that you start young you don't just all of a sudden have a place of influence so it's um, a learned art that we work on um, as we grow which brings me to another pet topic of mine either on this show or even in my class and that is uh, you're never too young to take a leadership role in something in this school because this school gives you all the opportunities to do that I start with the clubs because obviously it's a natural for me to, you know, do the uh, promotion of the robotics club and the writers club and the uh, coding club. And now there's another group trying to start a club on cubing. Did you know that cubing is a big deal? No. Yeah. So people solve the Rubik's cube at tremendous pace, like at 20 seconds and whatever. And they want to start a club and I'm encouraging them to, to do that. And I said, don't wait for somebody to start it. You go and start it. I did have a couple of kids last year who I saw. They were, uh, they had memorized like this whole pattern of right, left, this, that. I, who were in my math class, and I heard them recite like these thirty steps, and I told them they could never ever tell me again that they can't remember the area of a triangle. <laughs> That's yes. Yeah, so I mean, their brains are wired to solve complex situations like yes. that. So we can always tap into that skill for other areas. But to get back to this circle of influence, what you're saying. And when we come back, you'll hear my guest, Steve, talk about how students can actually do something by influencing people one circle at a time. 
This is the Writing and Publishing class. And you're listening to Radio 201 from the Computer Lab. Yes, I said when we do our moment of silence, they, I said when you stand up, you know, most of the time they bow their head and look at the ground. I said, imagine yourself standing in a circle and that's your sphere of influence. I can influence myself. I can, I am in my circle, I can influence myself to do right and look, you know, at the feet of the people around you and can you think of a way to maybe expand your circle and use that to influence a few more people that are near you, a friend, a classmate, a neighbor, even at a small scale, it's every little bit helps. Our country has got a lot of incivility right now and we need people to try to push the pushback and drive it the other way. And I think those visual metaphors stick with people more than just statistics, right? There was a point you made the other day about entropy, which is a packed word. Can you just explain? We were kind of relating the second law of thermodynamics to the kids, just that you know any system left to itself tends to maximum entropy or maximum disorder. Things generally don't get better by themselves. If you don't clean your room, uh, it becomes messy. If we don't mow the lawn, the weeds take over. Any kind of thing that is unattended to will not get better by itself. To make things better, we have to actively engage and it takes effort. And unfortunately, a lot of people want to just wait for somebody else to do it and sit back and think, well, somebody will, somebody will do it. Somebody will vote. Somebody will change it. And we all have to participate, otherwise things don't get better. You related at the beginning to you have no right to complain if you don't get involved. Absolutely. Yes, it's, uh, it's important that everybody has a voice. And we have that right, which is an awesome right in this country, to vote. Whether we think it, one vote doesn't matter, it does. There was a, one of the primary... Uh, results came out it's a justice of the peace in the local Maricopa County and it was won by three votes so it was really close so those five people that stayed home and said it didn't matter could have made a difference this week I'm talking about how somebody not important at that time dared to make a difference and not just changed his sphere of influence, but he changed, I would argue, the whole world. And that is Steve Jobs. So a few weeks ago, I was talking to my class about Steve Jobs, and we were doing a project about uh, personal computers. And I learned something about Steve Jobs from a guest speaker I had in my class last semester. This was somebody who'd worked at Apple some years back. Now, he was talking to us really about cybersecurity, and this was Robin Martheras. He had an interesting take on Steve Jobs, and that was when you're working at the Cupertino office, very often the boss would stop by, you know, different groups, and if he asked you what you were working on and he didn't like it, he would say, this is garbage. Or if he did approve it, he would say, oh, this is awesome. Now, if you did get the garbage response, he would promptly walk you over to another group in the building and say, hey, these folks are doing something interesting. I want you to join them. Now, if the response was, this is awesome, he would then tell you, let me go and find some other folks to come and join up with you and work on this project. 
So basically what he was doing, he was uh, making sure that his team or his teams, plural, were expanding their influence across the company and not just getting pigeonholed into something that they were doing, which I thought was amazing for a man who disrupted five industries, who was extremely eccentric, but had also a clear vision of expanding those circles of influence across the board. Now, students may think that, oh, I can never be like that. But I think they can. Well, I think there's, there's a fear factor that a lot of kids have, especially junior high, high school kids are afraid of being different. They're afraid of taking risk. They're afraid of failure uh, because with failure come, come ridicule. So I think trying to get the kids to at least envision the fact that taking a risk can pay off uh, at least have a mindset that I, I can make a difference and when they find their passion they, they don't know yet when they're some may but most are still figuring it out but when they find their passion if they have a foundation of um, ideas of that I'm going to push the envelope I'm going to try who knows what they're going to accomplish it could be some fantastic things I guess the larger lesson is go out on a limb take the risk make the mistake Absolutely. Try things out. They won't all work out the first time. Absolutely. I know my personal history of trying different jobs. I tried different things and none of them really were it until I found teaching by accident, kind of. And I found that that was what my passion was. And at that, I was successful. This might be a good point to ask, how long have you been teaching? Uh, this is my 38th year. They let me start when I was 10. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I have to say, this is my 11th, no, 12th year. I'm beginning to lose count now. The point is that it's good to take those risks. Teaching is very rewarding. So on that note, we'll close this podcast. Thank you very much for listening in. Thank you, Mr. Nima. Thank you for having for that me. that wisdom, the mathematical angle of why we need to participate more if we want a better outcome for everyone. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Radio 201. You can find more of these podcasts on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.